So guys, I need to share this incredible new company I've partnered with called Blue Blocks. I personally use my Blue Blocks glasses every day while working from home, and I'm literally obsessed with them. First off, as a celebrity stylist and fashionista, I really feel that these glasses could be picked off of a shelf without even knowing all the health benefits that it actually like has, because they're that chic. And then the actual health benefits of these glasses include state-of-the-art technology, which helps block out both blue and green light, which has been scientifically proven to help with better sleep, recovery, and your optimal wellness. And for me, hello, any extra ways to help me sleep while being so pregnant, this mama needs it. I also want to recommend their Remedy Sleep Mask. You guys know I love wearing a mask at night, and I love this mask because literally it helps me fall asleep faster sometimes than Amelia Ray falls asleep. You guys should totally check out their kids selection on their website too. For my mamas, you will be so amazed by how many great frames they have and how the actual styles help your kids reduce strain on their eyes from their tablets and mobile devices, which is so important nowadays. Make sure to go to the Blue Blocks website, which is B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X. So one more time, loves, it's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. Dot com and use the code Allie Levine 15 A-L-I-L-E-V-I-N-E-15, all caps, to get 15% off your order. If you have any questions, seriously, just message me on my Instagram account. You guys know I always answer. Message me at Allie Levine Design. Ask me questions about your orders, the frames, why I love blue blocks, style choices, anything. And if you guys check out my stories too, you'll see I'm always wearing and rocking them. Like I'm literally obsessed. And I promise you, you're going to be obsessed too. And personally, I never knew I looked so good in glasses. So check out Blue Blocks and let me know what you guys think. Hey loves, welcome back to Strip Down. So today is a <laughs> very interesting um, day as far as recording and everything is concerned. Um, at this point, uh, most people are readjusting their lives and finding this new quote unquote normalcy and it's um it's uh, been a challenge for me personally um it is not easy um and my husband justin's have moved home remotely and so we're trying to both work as well as obviously you know parent together and everything else me being pregnant that brings up a whole new world of anxieties and everything else going on with me and so i have been trying to have this amazing woman and mama on for quite some time, our schedules have been quite crazy before this whole coronavirus came in to play. And we were discussing this morning before her coming on if we should bother doing it or if we should wait. She now has her seven-year-old home because that's her reality and all these things. And I said, you know what? Let's just do it. Fuck it. Let's be transparent. Let's talk about this. Let's, you know, share what we're feeling, especially because so much of her and her brand is about being open about depression and anxiety and education and resources. So I am welcoming the amazing Jen Schwartz from Motherhood Understood to my show. Jen, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. And you're known as the medicated mommy and the founder and CEO of Motherhood Understood, a platform, a community, and a story-sharing hub for women affected by pregnancy and postpartum mental health issues that she created after surviving her own postpartum depression and anxiety with the birth of her son and realizing just how many mothers truly suffer in silence like she did. 
Jen built Motherhood Understood to provide women and their families with education, resources, connection, and support so that no, mo no mother should ever have to feel that experience of a mental health illness and isolation. And all mothers get the help they need to feel well again and have the motherhood experience they all deserve. Jen's a professional speaker. She's a writer. She's a moderator. She's a spokesperson. I recently actually connected with her at the Mom Jeans Fight PPD event, which was an amazing panel that we were on together. I moderated it. Jen was one of the speakers. We immediately connected. We had actually connected beforehand on social media because of our own experience with postpartum depression and the different things that we're both sharing on social. Jen, I mean, there's so much I could read from your bio, but I just love, you know, everything you're doing and how you really are trying to bring, you know, a shining light to a really dark place and really break those maternal mental health taboos and don't have moms hiding out. And really, your platform is so engaging. You can see people feel so comfortable and just feel so real with you. It's so beautiful to see online, you know. I want to say, first off, thank you, obviously, me as a mama who, you know, recently went through postpartum depression, and, you know, that was such a dark space, and, you know, I never thought it'd be something I would ever go through, and so to have other moms like yourself who did, and not only went through it, but are thriving, and have, you know, made a platform of amazing women, I mean, your community is, like, over 65,000 women, it's, like, hugely highly engaged when you've been featured in, you know, Romper and Motherly and The Bump and all these amazing places, you know, I have to ask you, did you ever think this is where you would be? No, not <laughs> at all. And I, I think about this a lot. And the funny thing is, is that like the, the most, I think the most vivid memory I have of when my son was born and I was going through postpartum depression was sitting in my therapist's office. And I, at the beginning, I would see her twice a week. And I would sit on this like cozy red couch, crying, crying, crying that I would never get better, that I was going to live in this hell forever. And when she told me that I would get better, everyone gets better. Everyone she's treated got better. I just thought she was lying. Like I didn't believe it. So I think to like, think of that girl seven years ago who could barely get out of bed and just would cry on the phone to her mom and in her therapist's office that she would never get better um, to write to what mother had understood has become. I, I never, ever would have thought. But I, I think that clearly I got postpartum depression for a reason um, because I've been able to use it to help so many women and moms who have come after me, which is really what I wanted to do. Um, as I started to feel better um, in my son's first year from the postpartum depression, because I was so uneducated and so ill-prepared that I didn't, that I, that I didn't want um, any mom that came after me to suffer like I did. Right. Well, and I love that you also shared that, you know, you realize that after a year or so of, you know, having your son, who we just heard in the background, so cute. He's seven now. Um, He's, yeah, he'll be seven next week, actually. So seven soon. Next week. Aww, happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank um, you. And so, you know, would you say from that moment where you're crying on that couch and feeling like this is never going to end, this is never going to change, when was it? It was a little after a year that you started to find Jen again? 
So I started to feel like myself a little bit at six months. So at six months, I turned a bit of a corner and I kind of define it. Like I started to have all these firsts. Um, the first time I gave my son a bath willingly, my husband was at work still. My sister was staying with me at the time and I gave him the bath. I volunteered to do it. That would have never happened before. Um, I put Mason in the stroller and we walked to the park, just the two of us at about six months. I went to my first hot yoga class at six months, which was something I used to do all the time before I was pregnant. You know, it was something I enjoyed. I, this sounds really trivial and superficial, but I went to a store with my sister at six months and I bought something. And my husband was like, you went shopping and he didn't even care that like I spent way too much money on a pair of sweatpants. It was just that it was something I used to do that I used to find joy in. I went on a date night with him and I wasn't pretending to be happy, right? I was actually having fun and I wasn't anxious. And so at six months, I started to see some light and then I started just to have more good days. And then there were more good days than bad days, but it, it was really at a year. It was at his first birthday party, which I totally went all out for, you know, Pinterest, everything. It was more for me and my husband that we survived the first year. Yeah. where I kind of looked around, um, the party was at my father-in-law's and I looked around at all our family and all our friends who had kind of watched me go through this and stood by me. And that was the first time where I felt like, okay, I think I got this. Like, I love my son. I love being his mom. I think I can do this right? as much as any mom thinks she can be a mom. Like I would still you were always gonna have self-doubt and all that. But that was really the moment where I felt like I was through to the other side. Yes. Well, and I think that's really important to share because so many moms feel like they can't get to the other side, myself included. And, you know, I, I and I love that you shared that you kind of had these little turning points and moments. And then kind of around that one year mark of that birthday was like not only celebrating your son, but it was like celebrating the fact that like you freaking made it and like you were feeling like you again somewhat and you were going to be okay. And you were going to not only be okay, but you were going, you know, to be a good mom and, you know, you were going to be able to handle, of course, you know, as life happens, but you were going to be able to handle, you know, what you could handle. And it wasn't going to just be dark and alone and you being like, oh no, I can't even give him a bath. And like, what an amazing, I think, story to share that for other moms that are especially brand new to this, that are listening that say, oh my God, but like, I can't even get out of bed or I can't even get off the chair and I'm crying. It's like, okay, we've, we've been there all of us in different ways, but you will find a light and you will get to the other side. And it's hard. It's hard because like for, I feel like for a lot of us who do get um, pregnancy or postpartum mental health illnesses, we're very high functioning. We're very type A. We like to be in control. And so I remember going into my therapist's office and she told me this is so common. It's like, we want to know exactly what we could do X, Y, and Z so we can feel better at this date. And it's hard because it's different for everyone, right? Recovery, the recovery and the, and the illness is different for everyone. And there's no magic time. Like I can't say to you, okay, you're going to feel better at six months in a day because you might not, you might feel better in six weeks. You might feel better in 12 months. And it's hard because you can't tell someone when they're going to feel better you can just tell them that they're going to feel better. And when you're in it, it's really hard to believe it. And it's, it's hard to be patient, right? Because therapy helps. For me, I went on antidepressants for the first time. 
And even those, they take four weeks to kick in. And the first, med the first antidepressant I went on wasn't the right one. So I had to wait another four weeks to test a different one. So it's hard. It's hard to be patient. And it's hard to, it's hard to be able to see that there's light at the end of the tunnel um, when you're in the darkness. And I hate saying to people, and I say this to moms all the time, I said, I hate that I'm going to say this to you, but it's going to get better because it doesn't help at the moment. But there's nothing else. What else can we say, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that it's really important to be real because, again, I think a lot of this, and we, you and I talked about this on the panel. We also talked about this off, you know, line, two of us. You don't feel prepared. I don't think any mom does, even if they tell you they do. And you walk into this and you're like, holy shit, this is motherhood. And you feel crazy and you feel horrible that you feel certain ways, especially going through postpartum depression and anxiety and all those things. You think like, how could I be going through this? How could I feel this way? Like that was how I felt. I was like, how dare I feel this way? You know, I wanted this and I was so excited when I was pregnant and I was doing all the things and, you know, I, and I'm obsessed with her and it's actually not her, it's me. And, you know, like, what's my problem? And like, why am I, you know, so upset? Why am I so depressed? Why do I look at myself and say such horrible things? And you question your own sanity and you question your own way of thinking. And you think like, how dare I? But the thing is, is that it's like, it is so common. It is right. so not something that, you know, is only like a fluke. It's like, this is a real sickness and a real thing that happens to so many mamas. And you have to know whether you choose, you know, the medical route, you choose therapy, you choose a combination, you know, whatever it is that you do to get better, you will get better, like you said. And it does take time. And it does take different things. And I appreciate you saying that and sharing that even with medication and trying different things and waiting for things to happen and kick in. Because like even for myself, you know, I chose not to go the medical route, you know, as you know, um, because I, you know, was breastfeeding exclusively. You know, I did have a lot going on with me. I'm not really a medical person, um, period, when it comes to all that. So that's kind of just my, you know, who I am as a person. I like to do things more natural, this, that. And so, you know, my doctor didn't really give me any options. It was like, well, I can put you on zero presence. And it's kind of like, well, uh, thanks for making me feel like I'm just kind of at a loss. Like, I, I, that's it. You know, if I don't do that, then, you know, sorry, I don't tell you. And I think it's terrible that so many moms I've spoken to feel that way. And I was so grateful that because of the community that I am in and having social media and different moms that I connected with and my, you know, midwife, having my postpartum, you know, doula that she was able to get me in touch with and all these things that like, I had no idea that my birth team was actually going to be able to step in and do, which was actually probably a bigger part of than the actual birth for me was that they were able to get me a postpartum doula. I was able to start working through, you know, with meditation and therapy and different visualizations and things that I needed, you know, to do to journal things out. I was able to also take CBD, you know, all these different things that helped me get past what I was going through. And again, you know, when I was crying and telling them I'm, you know, mourning the death of me and, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on with me. I remember in that moment too, like it felt very finite. You feel like this is it. Like there's, there's no way it could get better. Right. And I think too, like what you said, right? Like you chose not to go the non-medical route. I think the key is that we're not educated and we're not prepared before the baby comes. I know that's one of the biggest goals of motherhood understood is to change that is because 
women need to have all the information, right? You can, there are medications that you can take safely while breastfeeding. Whether you want to or not, you need to know that they exist. So you can make the best decision for yourself, right? For you, you wanted to go another route. For someone else, they might want to take medication. So it's really being able to put all this information out there and to get it into women's hands before they're in it, right? And it, right. I think that if, right, because what happens is, is that we don't know that maternal mental health is a thing. We don't know that postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and OCD and these things are a thing. So we have our babies. We, right, they don't live up to this experience that we've pictured in our heads or that we've read about or seen in the movies or on social media. And then we just think we're failing. We don't know that we're depressed. We don't know that we're anxious. We just think we're failing. And we don't want anybody to know that we're the only ones failing, right? I literally thought I was the only mom on the planet suffering, which is a joke, right? Because there, I mean, this happens to one in five, probably more like one in three of us. So if you think of three moms, you know, one of them is going to have this. Yeah. Which is a which is a lot of moms, but we don't talk to each other and we're not talking about it. And so that we stay suffering in silence. Whereas if we were prepared in pregnancy, but if somebody talked to us regularly in pregnancy, I don't know, let's say how many times do you go to your OB or your midwife in pregnancy? At least 16 times. Oh yeah. At the end of every one of those sessions, a nurse or they had somebody in their office dedicated to maternal mental health that talked to you for 20 minutes and gave you a new piece of education each time, let you know that, hey, you might not like motherhood at the beginning. You might feel this way. You might feel this way. These are the people to call right away if you think something is off. There are so many missed opportunities to let us know about all the information and all the ways that we can cope with this. Um, but of course this is happening to us and we feel like we're going to be in it forever and we feel like failures and we feel like, how dare we feel, feel like this, right? I wanted this baby. I chose to get pregnant. I should be so grateful. I have a happy, healthy baby, you know, but that doesn't, you can be grateful and depressed and anxious at the same time. Oh yes. And I love that you said that. Cause that is so amen. Like that is so true. You can have so many emotions going on at once. Like, well, that was why for me, I felt like I was crazy and losing my mind because I was like, okay, I'm obsessed with her. Like I literally can't stop staring at her, doing anything for her. Like I was just obsessed, but then I would look at me and I would just be like this dark hole. And I'd be like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, what is this? Like, you know, all these things that you should just obviously never say to yourself. And I, and I believe them. And I, you know, and I, you know, and I, I subscribe to that channel for myself. And I just got deeper and deeper in like, what the fuck is wrong with you, Allie? And like, why do you look like this? And why can't you get your shit together? And look at all the other moms on social, you know, where everything's going on and, you know, all that. And I agree with you. You do, you, you know, you, you look at everything and you just think I'm the only one. Right. And it's so important to talk about our experiences. And that's why we also call ourselves at Motherhood a story sharing hub. And we, you know, women write that right in, they send their stories that, you know, of recovery and survival, or, you know, whether they're in it right now with a pregnancy or postpartum mental illness. And we share a story once a week and we are never short of content, but there it is so important to share stories because they're different for everybody. And so your story is different than my story. This manifests differently for everybody. And when we share all these different stories, you will see yourself in at least one of them 
right? Which is so helpful to feel like you're not the only one, right? So for you, you were obsessed with your baby, but it was really the negative dark stuff was focused on you. For me, I couldn't get out of bed. I wanted nothing to do with my baby. Like if you ask anyone what they remember about me from the first year of motherhood, they'll say Jen was Jen in bed. Like just Jen couldn't get out of bed. You know, some women, some women get rage, right? Rage and anger. And they feel rage and anger towards their baby and their partners. Some women, you know, are so anxious that they have these scary thoughts that are coming into their heads all time of the day. Other moms can't leave the house because they're so anxious. We have to talk about all the stories because it's so different for everyone, right? It's not your typical depression. It's not your typical anxiety. It's not one size fits all. Right. No, I was just going to say that. There is not one size fits all. There's not one story that relates to another. I mean, even when we shared on, you know, mom jeans, you know, uh, panel, when we did the whole thing for fight PPD, like even just among us four, the stories were so different and the feelings and the way we handled our postpartum depression and anxiety and the way we went about ways to get better, all of that. And I think that that's so amazing that you share that on motherhood understood that like, There is no one right way. There is no one size fits all. And every story is significant in no matter whatever it may be at whatever length of it being mild to absolutely severe postpartum depression or anxiety, it all matters and it all needs to be shared. Right. And you don't need a diagnosis to feel shitty, right? You don't need somebody, you don't need a clinician to tell you that you have postpartum anxiety to validate the fact that you're anxious, right? I mean- Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah, you don't. You, you, you know what you feel. Yeah. And I think also too, like even from our panel where we're all connecting over our different stories. I mean, for me and, and selfishly for me, Motherhood Understood has been very cathartic in the sense that I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough, um, especially in today's culture, is that as women, we need connection and we need community, especially with this culture where we move away from our families you know, when we move away from our hometowns where we grew up. So a lot of us are raising kids kind of in isolation or further away from, you know, family members and things that are familiar. And I think that through motherhood understood for me, you know, I've gotten to connect with so many amazing women online and offline and through direct message. And I think that kind of having that community and having that connection has helped me. And I, I, think it's helped, you know, the women in our community too, but I think we need that. We need that connection where we are connecting over our stories and talking about our stories, even if they're different, even if it's like 3am and we're on opposite sides of the country, but we're connecting on Instagram over them. It's still connection. And I don't think we can survive without it. I, yeah, and I, I love that you said that about connection and community because that, that is what you are doing with Motherhood Understood. And I think that there's just so much beauty in that and it shows you that there is beauty in the darkness. And I think that a lot of times when we see dark, we just think it's just dark and we don't realize that there actually could be so much beauty in that darkness. It's just a matter of finding it. And you saying that about community and connection, that's one huge example is that social media, as much as it can be triggering and everything else, because we both discussed how we both felt that way, it can also be with Motherhood Understood, a community and a resource and a place to not feel 
alone and to feel understood and to be able to try to help you work through what you're feeling. And I agree with that. I think a lot of people are raising their babies um, on their own and aren't near family. Like Justin's and my family are both on the East Coast. You know, they're in New York and Pennsylvania and Florida. And, you know, we are our own island out here. You know, we have part-time help here and there, but it really is just us surviving and, you know, co-parenting together and doing what we, you know, can do, um, you know, and, and just doing our best. Right. It's, and I think also, right, because it's social media is not going away. So, you know, it becomes a question of how can we use it to help each other, you know, and use it for good, you know? So like, I like to think of, of, and there's, there are so many more accounts now that are just real and sharing, you know, real things. I think at first, at least, you know, seven years ago when I was becoming a mom and I don't even think Instagram was really that big yet, but you know, everything I saw almost ruined motherhood for me in a sense where it was just perfect and Pinterest worthy. And I thought that that's what I was going to be like. So, I mean, I consider our Instagram be kind of like the anti-feed in the sense that we don't really post anything, you know, rosy or, you know, or Pinterest perfect like that. But I do, I think using social media for good and for community, like we're all doing is really important um, to keep that connection and community going for all of us. Right. Well, and to keep it real, because like you right. said, it's messy and it isn't always pretty. And, you know, and I agree with you. It's like, with us, the, you know, it's like no shade, like to the Pinterest moms and all of that. But it's like, you know, we all know in one way, shape or form, something's being hidden because motherhood is messy. So good for you that you can really get it together and look fabulous. But like, you know, it really isn't that fabulous 24 seven and it really doesn't look that beautiful all the time. And I understand that not everyone wants to share that. Not everyone wants to be that real and transparent. But I think that the differences and like with motherhood understood and even like myself with this podcast and everything else, it's just the ones that can be real, the ones that can share and, and, and say those things and say it's not just a pretty picture, I just think is so important for other moms and moms to be to know because I agree with you that like Instagram for me being especially an influencer and everything else, for me, it was like a detriment to me when I became a mom. Like I was scrolling and looking at everyone and their quote unquote bounce back and, you know, their bodies and their breastfeeding and this and that. And I just literally would go down this rabbit hole and like, like sit there and spiral. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like, why don't I look like that? And why, you know, why won't she do this? And why is Amelia acting like that when this baby, it, it was just like a constant over comparison and just horrible thoughts. And like you said, the thoughts that spiral and manifest and all these things. And I, you know, I didn't feel like it was a safe place anymore. And so I love that you say like, you know, obviously motherhood understood is, and I think it's really important to share that and really push that further because there are so many moms who do you know, go to social media a lot and do look at accounts. And it's like, I think it's really important to say, find those accounts like motherhood understood to be able to find that safety and to not feel like you're comparing and to not feel like you're failing because so many of us do and really use it as a resource and not just something to compare to. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I think too, part of so one of the, like, I think the key moments for me in getting better was I was sitting on my therapist's couch and I had this, you know, fairy tale vision in my head of the mother I was going to be like, you know, a, a breastfeeding champion and a Pinterest queen and, you know, 
taking my baby everywhere and telling everybody how amazing motherhood is. And obviously none of that happened. But I remember sitting on her couch and telling her that like, I'm nothing like these other moms I thought I would be. I'm not like my mother-in-law. I'm not like my mom. I, you know, like, and, and she looked at me like dead on and she just said, Jen, fuck those other moms. You're the mom you are. And that's enough. And, and I was still in the throes of it. So it took some time to, you know, get on board with that. But that has really kind of been the driving force for me for, I think, since then, because it's really true, right? Like you are who you are. You're not who anyone else is. And I think finding some power in motherhood, which can, you know, make us feel so powerless, you know, even if we are on the other side, even if our kids are older, whatever it is, um, is being able to like say, okay, I'm unfollowing you because your account makes me feel shitty about myself, right? Is putting up, is putting up those boundaries, um, which is another way of loving yourself and practicing self-care and, you know, honoring your mental health by really kind of getting rid of those things. Like you said, you know, the accounts that made you compare and things like that, we don't need that. Um, like this shit is hard enough. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Amen to that. Well, and I think that's a great tip is unfollow, you know, do what you need to do. I tell people that all the time. I have moms message me, you know, on Instagram, you know, hour by hour, you know, oh my gosh, you look so glam today. You know, and you look so fabulous, blah, blah, blah. Like I can't get my shit together. And I'm like, okay, yes, today I had a makeup team and like, yes, today, cause that's part of my job and this and that. But like tomorrow I'm a hot mess and check me out with like makeup smeared under my eyes and sweats and I can't get my shit together. Like, you know, this is kind of my normal. It's either like, you know, all or nothing is kind of where I'm at. And she was like, oh, it's just like so hard. I can't, you know, seem to get myself together. And I said to her point blank, I go, listen, if my account is just triggering you at all, or, you know, you're having a hard time looking at things I'm posting, please hit the unfollow button. Like, I don't want you to like compare and suffer because you're watching things I'm doing and thinking that like everything is so great and everything is, you know, freaking unicorns and rainbows because that's not the case. And, you know, I said, I just think it's really important to say that. And she was like, oh my God, I so appreciate that. And like, no, I'm not going to unfollow. It actually makes me want to follow you more for you sharing that. But I agree with you. Like you need to be able to say to yourself, I will hit the unfollow button. I will draw those boundaries. I will watch how certain things make me feel. Just like when you're out, you know, in the world and you're hanging out with someone, if someone doesn't make you feel good, you don't hang out with them again. But for right, it, when it right. comes to social media, we continue to hang out with these accounts and it's like, but why? And I realized I was doing that to myself too. I'm like, why am I harping and staying on these accounts when they don't make me feel good? They don't make me, they don't bring me any joy. If anything, they make me feel like a failure as a mom. And I just keep over comparing and I feel like shit. So if I was hanging out with these chicks outside of my home and actually out with them, they're making me feel like that. I wouldn't hang out with them anymore, but I'm, but I'm hanging out with them online. I don't think people realize myself included, something I've had to really work through is like, you are actually hanging out with these people in a sense, because social media is such a real thing, even though it is such a disconnect. It's kind of strange in that sense. Yeah. That's a really good point that like, it, to think of it in terms of like, if, would you be friends with this person in real life or like, would they make you feel shitty in real life? So if they make you feel shitty in real life, why even waste your time? I never thought about it, thought about it like that. That's a really, really, um, 
that's a really good way to think about it. Um, well, I mean, I th you know, I think I came to that just because of like, living in it, because of being, you know, you know, I hate the word influencer, but a quote unquote, you know, influencer and all these things and really having it be a huge part of my job. I didn't realize like I'm, I'm choosing every day to go back to these accounts. And it's like, why? Why do you keep triggering yourself on purpose? Like, are you trying to put yourself into a spiral? You know, it's like self-sabotage. Yeah. And, well, and I think, and I do, I just, and I think too, just as women, because, you know, it's just the culture, like that's kind of how we've kind of been taught and been raised versus, you know, kind of raising your voice to be like, no, like, thank you next. Like, I don't have time for this shit. Like I barely have time to take a shower, especially <laughs> in this new, you know, self social distancing, you know, coronavirus world. Like we don't have time to follow accounts that make us feel shitty. We don't have time to talk to people who make us feel shitty. I think that, um, like, I think it's amazing that you said to that follower, if my account is triggering you, please unfollow me, you know, because I think a lot of influencers and a lot of people who do post these fake images are doing it for the follows and they're doing it for the likes, which is different than you who are doing it to help people right? And to just show the real sides of motherhood and work and mom life. And I think too, you know, we talked about the people who, you know, don't share yet or don't speak up. And I think too, and I hate the word influencers too, but I think as people who have a voice and a platform and reach, like we have an obligation to be the voice for those people too, you know? So where they might not be at the point where we are, where we're like completely public and we out like everything that happens to us, um, they might not be right there yet that might not feel comfortable to them but I think that them watching us do it and other people do it is still helpful right and it encourages more of that realness and rawness and you and I talked about this on the panel with mom jeans type PPD but like we're finally starting to kind of see a shift in the world especially with social media where people are starting to share their real and raw even if it's only a small piece of it they're still sharing it and they're starting to feel more comfortable doing that. And it's no longer just the pretty Pinterest perfect moms and the pretty perfect squares. It's like, yeah, no, motherhood is messy. Like, let's get real about this. Right. And the other thing about social media, and which is the way I use it with motherhood understood, is that it is a very easy way to quickly get information to a shit ton of people, right? So if you know, if OBs and doctors are not necessarily, you know, giving women the list of risk factors for a pregnancy or postpartum mental health illness, you know, or the symptoms to look out for for each one or distinguishing between PPD and PPA, we can do that on our Instagram feed and hit a ton of people really quickly. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've seen you do that. You know, and so we, you know, and we just, you know, relaunched our website and, you know, we have two really helpful resources that we just launched and there's more coming, but we've really kind of have started to become dedicated to this education and information push because we have the platform to get it to so many people um, that aren't getting it in the places and at the times that they need to be getting it before it's too late. Right. Well, and especially, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying before about this new world that we're all living in, this new quote unquote normal with this coronavirus and social distancing, you know, how are you feeling like that's now going to play into motherhood understood and the resources and everything? Because like, even for myself, I've had to catch myself and be like, okay, don't get, don't get down. Don't get anxious. Like, 
you know, because of course, even though you get better and everything else, that shit still lives with you in a sense. Right. Like, right. So like I could say, and I say this all the time, like, yes, I don't have postpartum depression anymore. Like I'm better. I'm on the other side, but I still get depressed. I still have days. I still have to make my mental health a priority every day. And I think what is going on right now with coronavirus and how quickly the world's just become a different place, like in the span of a week or two, you know, and we're all, a lot of us are stuck inside and we're stuck at home with our kids is that it's triggering a lot of those things, right? It's bringing up feelings that we had from, from the postpartum depression or just general depression. But for me, it's definitely triggering. I mean, I'm definitely feeling some depression, some anxiety. I think a lot of it is the fear of the unknown, right? Like when is this going to last until is school going to reopen? Am I going to be stuck at home with my child for six months? Is he going to get to go to camp? Like, I think all these questions um, and just not knowing what it's going to be like is really scary. And it's really scary. It's scary for everyone. And then put, you know, having anxiety and things like that on top of it. Um, and I know as far as with motherhood understood, I mean, we pulled our audience two days ago, kind of asking them, and I've been seeing a lot of bloggers do this and we're not a blogger, but I've been seeing a lot of people do this online asking, you know, their Instagram audience, what types of content they want to see right now? Because is it, do you specifically post about coronavirus? Do people want, you know, light, funny escapism type things? Do people want tips for how to handle this? Do they want to see the content you typically post as usual? It's hard. And for me, I got a combination of, you know, coronavirus info. Um, you know, it's the still, still the same quotes about maternal mental health, you know, some light, you know, some lighter, funny things, but it's hard because I think also too, we have a lot of women who are new moms, are pregnant moms, um, and they're in the thick of their postpartum or pregnancy mental health illnesses. And they can't necessarily now go to their therapist's office, you know, or go to a doctor because people are, you know, seeing patients for emergencies only. And we need to kind of figure out what we can do to support these women and help them with their anxieties and with their depressions. Because it's not... It's, it's a new normal now, right? It's a new normal of not being able to just get in the car and go to your therapist. Yeah, it or, is. Or have your... Or anything like that. Right, or maybe, you know, you have a nanny and your nanny can't come because we're all social distancing. It's hard. And, you know, for me, I'm, and I'm going to just put this out there, I am not a mom who likes to get on the floor and play with her kid. Like, my husband could sit on the floor with him and build Legos and you know, play, pretend and things like that. That is not me. Like I will watch movies with him. I'll have dance parties with him, you know, but that is just not who I am. I do not enjoy playing. And I have this, you know, anxiety right now and things like that, because I'm going to have to be doing those things. Um, and I see all these people on social media making these, you know, schedules, which I know I'm going to have to make because he's better when there is a schedule. Right. This is, <laughs> right. This is new and anxiety provoking for me too. Like I'm used to literally dropping him off at the bus, coming home, maybe working out, sitting on the couch, doing work. Re like, you know, um, I don't know if that sounds selfish or not, but like, I think a lot about the implications for myself. Um, that's not selfish. I think that that's a really good point is that so many moms, myself included, um, are feeling that way where you feel like you know, you feel selfish to think about, but oh my God, how am I going to handle this? Instead of thinking about how are they going to handle this? It's, 
it's just, in my opinion, it's, it's you taking it in pieces and breaking it down and going like, okay, yeah, of course I have to make sure he's okay and she's okay and all those things. But then where does it come back to where I'm okay? And this right. goes back to what you and I have talked about, you know, online as well as at the panel of like pouring back into yourself and pouring back into your empty cup. And I think that's going to be an extra challenging thing for all of us moms and parents and everything else right now because of our current state and what's going on. Right. And I feel like, like, I want to lean into motherhood. Like I want to do more with him. I want to like in my, in theory, I want to play and do those things, but I'm struggling to do them because they're not what I typically do. And they're not what I enjoy. And I know, you know, as a mother, there will be things that we sacrifice and it's not always going to be enjoyable, but I do struggle with that push and pull. I always have, but the difference being he was at school or he was at camp or he was somewhere. Now he's just home. And I think that, um, yeah, I do. I do think of myself. And then I also think about, well, at some point he's going to be 15 and he's not going to want to spend any time with me anyway. So shouldn't I be taking advantage of this time that we just have at home? It is a constant like push pull, like feeling guilty, not feeling guilty type of thing. And I think it's only just like exacerbated by what's going on. And I just want to put that out there because I'm sure I'm not the only one that is like, right. Jen, like thinking about Jen as Jen versus Jen as a mom and that push pull that I always feel. Right. Well, and I think that that's great that you say that. And be transparent about that and share that because there's many, and myself included, who feel that way too. And again, I think going back to the postpartum depression and anxiety piece of it, you know, especially for you and I, like we felt like we really lost ourselves and lost our identity. So it's very hard for you to look at yourself now, especially you, because you have your son who's actually home from school, whereas my normal hasn't changed in the sense of, you know, I would be home with Amelia anyways. But I think it's just feeling more of the weight of the world for me of everything that's going on and being pregnant and, you know, all of my own shit and my husband being home, you know, from working, working from home and his new normal and all these things and coexisting and and, and everything. But it's like, I think it's really important to be transparent and say, like, I'm afraid to not be able to get back to me. I feel guilty that I can't get myself to a place where I, you know, want to play more. And I think that in this time with everything we're going through, I think a lot of us, I mean, to be honest, most of us are going to be learning a lot from this and going to be put into very uncomfortable situations and have to try to thrive in those not comfortable places. And don't you feel like in ways it kind of brings you back to the postpartum depression piece? Because in my opinion, that's how I felt. Like I felt like that whole piece of postpartum depression was something I really didn't want to sit in, but I had to, and I was super uncomfortable and I had to figure out how to get comfortable again. It's very true. I think you're right. I think, I think you bring up such a good point that it is definitely reminiscent. And I think the identity piece is probably a huge piece of it, at least for me. I think that one of the reasons I got PPD in the first place is because I thought my identity was going to be one thing. And when it wasn't, it was like, well, then what am I doing? Who am I? And I don't really think I found my identity as a mom and just as a woman and as a person until I started blogging as the medicated mommy and then launched motherhood understood like this, the combination of Jen, the mom and just Jen, the woman and Jen, you know, the founder and CEO of motherhood understood has really become my identity. And I think that 
right, the sitting at home and how long am I going to be sitting at home, you know, responsible for a tiny human and homeschooling a tiny human and all these things, what's that going to do to my identity? Is it going to make me, right? And I haven't been working at Motherhood Understood as much as I typically do the last couple of days. Um, and I want to, because I want to be able to provide resources and content, but I've been struggling with my own shit, you know, and I've, you know, been feeling like my friend calls it cocooning, you know, and yeah. I have set aside tomorrow to, you know, put some resources together and do some work, but it is, it's what is this going to do to my identity and who I almost like who I was before I became someone stuck inside for God knows how long. Um, and it's yeah. funny because I was, I was a teacher before I became a mom. I taught middle school and high school, but I taught older kids. So I think too, like the idea of homeschooling, there's my little one as we speak. Yeah, I'd say like, yeah, that's fine, buddy. But this is yeah. our new reality, okay. you know, this is, this is the new reality. And that's why I said to you this morning when we talked about getting on and recording, you know, we talked about postponing and I was like, no, let's just be real and be transparent because what's going on with you with your son right now is what most parents are dealing with is figuring yeah. out how to quote unquote balance, which we all know balance is like a, a joke of a word and, you know, a trying to just handle this new normal of like, how do I work and how do I manage this and how do I do this and how do I do that? Especially I think for us as freelancers and entrepreneurs like yourself, who's blogging and myself, who's, you know, creating social media content and blogging and all these things. It's like, when the hell do you find the time to do this when you are taking care of, you know, this little human. And especially for you, I feel for you because like with Amelia, obviously she's a toddler, you know, I can still get her down for a nap. And I, you know, even though she's not predictable, I have a little bit of a routine because I am a stay at home mom and working mom. So in that sense, I have those things, but for the moms that have literally been taken out of that world completely for so long and now being almost like put back into it without the naps, without this, without that, and you're just taking care of them. It's like, holy shit, like this, this is about to get real. Yeah, it's true. And, and look, I've been very fortunate, you know, that until Mason went to kindergarten, I always had a part-time nanny, you know, and that we had actually, and that we had hired because of the postpartum depression, you know, and we were just, you know, we had, you know, to be completely transparent, you know, very generous parents who helped us with childcare as a result of my postpartum depression that we were able to keep her. Right. And so this, right. So I am, you know, I, you know, and I know so many women, so many moms do it alone and it, and it is, it feels very out of control. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but we have no control over so many things that are happening right now. And I think that that is also, you know, really scary. And just, you know, for, for us, you know, high functioning women who like to control everything, yeah. um, there's so much unknown and so much we can't control. And I will say that I'm really glad that we decided to do this podcast because I think, um, I haven't really been, you know, feeling or leaning into work, you know, the last, you know, the last week or so since this all started, but I, I feel like, you know, talking and talking about all this stuff, it, I feel more myself at the moment. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and so I'm glad that even though, you know, my dog is sitting on my bed right now and he could bark at any time and my son <laughs> is, um, I don't even know what he's doing out there. He's like in a fort and like working, I'm putting working in quotes and, you know, he has an iPad out there if he needs it, but um, right. I'm really right. glad that we decided to do this because it, 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 I feel like a little bit more motivated and a little bit more like myself um, talking about the subject matter I typically talk about all day long. 
Yeah, well, and I, I appreciate you sharing that because, you know, honestly, I, you know, this morning I got, you know, like I told you I had to go to the car service and my car's having issues, of course, and all this. And, you know, they gave me a loaner because social distancing, you know, they were like in and out, you know, super fast, you know, and I got home and I was like looking at the clock and I'm like, oh, are we going to do this? Like my brain's already scrambled. Like I got to get Amelia up, this, that. And I was like, you know what? No, we've been trying to figure this out before all this went down who knows when this is all going to, you know, come to a quote unquote end. And so I was like, no, we, this is something we wanted to do. We wanted to record. And I feel the same way. I'm so glad that we pushed ourselves together to say, you know what, we're just going to be transparent about all this. We're going to be transparent about how we feel, how hard it is, the emotions that are so heavy on our hearts right now, because for both of us, that's a huge place of our passion and also part of our work is sharing that and sharing that real and raw. And I really appreciate you being so transparent about how heavy, you know, your heart is today while we record. Oh, no, I, yeah, thank you. And I, I just, I appreciate it. I know we've been uh, going back and forth trying to get this interview on the calendar, but I'm definitely really glad. And I think, um, I don't, it's funny, one of my goals with motherhood understood is to talk on stories more and to be on stories more, but versus just sharing the static content. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I will, once I just kind of feel better and a little bit more kind of in my, you know, better headspace, I will definitely start to be going more on stories just to talk, I think, cause I think that it's helpful. I think it's helpful for us. And I think it's helpful for our audiences to just be able to connect with these feelings. I think so many of us are having, um, yeah, it's therapeutic, right? It goes back to what you were saying earlier of like that communication and <clears throat> knowing you have someone there. And as you know, that's what my podcast was born out of, you know, it was like, yeah, the first episodes are very heavy and about my postpartum depression. But after that, when I finally started to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and started to really feel like Allie again and find my identity again, it was like, wow, this is a cathartic thing for me. And this is not just cathartic for me, but I'm helping other moms. I'm sharing stories and I'm getting to connect and communicate with all these amazing women and showing how they came from the other side and how they came from the darkness and into the light. And I think that's a really strong and important thing to talk about today too, is that we all will get through this. It feels heavy as shit right now. I've had so many breakdowns and so many, you know, crying moments and screaming in my car before I came back in the house and all these things, but it's like, we will get through this. And especially as moms, it's like, listen, you, like you and I were saying at the pan- panel, it's like you freaking, you know, birth the human, you went through all this shit with postpartum depression, like bring it on world. Like what else can I go through? And well, here we are, you know? Right. I know. And I think, and I, and I will say, and I think too, that what's also hard too is, you know, I think too, you know, on some level we're all empaths in a way. Right. And like there, are, there are so many, so many ramifications of this. Right. And so for some of us who are going crazy staying at home, there are others who would go crazy to be able to stay at home, right? Like they, like staying at home is a privilege in a lot of ways. And then there are people who have to go to work no matter what. There are people who are going to lose their jobs soon because places can't stay open. They're so, they're, this is so layered. You know, they're, the, the kids who rely on lunches at schools that are closed and it's, it just, I think it, like all of it compounding. So like you have your own shit, then you have the local community shit, and then you have the world shit, and there's just so much. So I think the more that we can stay kind of connected and in touch, and, you know, and I, look, I am in a, you know, several, you know, mom groups and, you know, group DMs and things like that, and everyone is constantly talking about 
what they can do to help, what they can do to help others. They're trying to figure out their own shit at home, but they're so, so all over what they can do for others. And I think that we also have to like remind ourselves of that, that like there is still much like so much humanity and good and that we can get through this. And it's a great time to come together like in support and help each other with our mental health. And like, if you know a resource that someone needs, share it, you know, so, so they can get it, you know, things like that. If you know a great book that might help someone or a journal, like share it so they can get it. I think, you know, the more we're going to be stuck inside, I know at least for me and for motherhood understood, you know, women are still pregnant. They're still getting pregnant. They're still having babies. They're still going to be postpartum mental health illnesses. They're going to come, you know, if you can't go to your doctor or you can't go places, like at least you, you can come to our website and get all the education you need to at least figure out if what you're going through is normal or it needs more serious attention. And then we can help you also figure out where you can go to get that attention. And if you can't go to a doctor's office, well, here are some virtual teletherapy places to try. Um, you know, no, I think that, right. I think that we have to figure out our own shit within our own homes. And I think that that's really important, right? Like step one, we have to, you know, protect our own mental health and figure out things. And I think from talking to you, I think really the key is, is that we have to almost find ways, like little ways and like little windows of independence that we can find during the day. Um, even if it's like five minutes or 15 minutes at a clip, you know, and then, you know, also we can be thinking of how we can help each other. Um, but I still do, I do think that, right, you can't help each other if your cup is empty and you're not helping yourself. That's right. So it's After right, it's important, right. And, and you're right, it's important. It's not selfish to think of yourself and to think, well, how is this going to impact me? Because look, if I'm not doing well, right, if I'm not doing well, if I'm not whole, if mom's not doing well, the, the fact is nobody is going to be doing well. That's right. The foundation is not there. Exactly. Right. Like my therapist used to say, like, if, like, if mom goes down, the whole ship goes down with her. And there is, you know, there is some truth in it. Um, my husband, you know, he's still going to work. He is a family business and they manufacture athletic equipment, you know, and their factory is open and they like, they have to get orders out and things like that. And it's hard because part of me wishes he could work from home. So I had a second person here. Um, you know, and then, you know, he comes home at night and I'm like done, right? Like I want social, I want to be social distance from everyone in my household. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, that's not realistic, you know, like, you know, so there's just, there's so many things to think about. There's so many, um, so you many know, like the mental health of our marriage needs to survive this, right? Like the, like, there's just, there's so much. Yeah, no, you're right. And it's like, I think, like you said, it's just taking it a piece at a time and being very mindful and intentional of finding those moments for yourself, even if they are far and few between right now for all of us to be able to stick to our own identities and to be able to continue to move forward and to, you know, feel good at most points and yes. to realize, you know, that this is going to be hard on all of us. And you're right. It's like pouring back into you and making sure you set yourself up as well as how you can pour back into others and that community. And I agree with you. And so like on that note, I want to ask, because I'm sure you're still kind of figuring this out, but like what's next for motherhood understood? Like, where do you, like, what do you see yourself working on now, especially with what's going on? And you know, what, what are you wanting to, for people to know when they come check out motherhood understood besides of course, obviously 
the obvious, you know, resources and everything you're doing in the, you know, maternal health and postpartum depression and anxiety? So we actually do have a lot of new things coming in the next few weeks and months. Um, you know, with our new website, we just launched the mother's manual for postpartum mental health and also the mama first checklist, which is a checklist you can bring to your doctor. So you don't have to articulate what you're experiencing. You can, oh, check I love box, that. right. You can check boxes, you know, if you 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 feel ashamed or you don't have the words or you're not sure and you can just hand it to them. Um, and we're going to be adding some more resources, um, helpful resources like that to our site. We also are going to be launching a video hub um, in the next couple months, which will basically break down maternal mental health into short educational videos. And since, and I actually think it couldn't be the, per, it couldn't be the more perfect time to release this because we're stuck inside, right? And this is something you'll be able to access 24 seven from your computer, from your phone. It will be on YouTube. Um, and then the other thing that we're gonna be doing, which also I think could be helpful in this time is we're going to be launching a one-on-one -on -one postpartum mental health planning service. Um, so if you are pregnant or you're getting pregnant and you want to have a postpartum mental health plan in place where you have all the key people that you would need in case of emergency, um, you know, let's say a code word you have with your husband, a list of symptoms to look out for, ways your partner can help. We're going to be working one-on-one -on -one with women and their partners um, to put this plan together as a service we offer because we spend so much time on the birth plan and thinking about labor and delivery, and we spend no time um, about what postpartum looks like. And often it's too late. We get the postpartum mental health illness. We're in it. We can't make decisions because we're so depressed and anxious. And so we're hoping that this is a service that a lot of mom or expectant moms will start using to kind of minimize that. Um, because I think that the sooner you get help, the quicker you get better and the less milestones you miss in your son's life. At least that's what I believe would have happened to me if I knew exactly what to do right away. So the video hub and the postpartum mental health planning service are two things we're going to be launching. Um, and I don't, if you share links, I can give you a link um, oh, where people share with me. I'll put in the show notes. Perfect. Sure. Where people, so in the show notes, I'll give you a link to sign up and people will, you'll be able to sign up and get, thank you. You'll be able to sign up and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be able to uh you'll be able to download our um postpartum the women's um i always get it wrong the mother's manual for postpartum mental health and that will also put you on a list where you'll be notified uh, when we launch our one-on-one -on -one postpartum planning service um and then we also we also hope to be launching merchandise soon um i'm not so i'm not going to tell anyone what that looks like yet but I'm hoping that that will be soon. It might be a little bit delayed because of coronavirus life, but that's coming too. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited about what that looks like. Um, I will say there will be clothing and then there will be some accessories. Um, Amazing. So that's, that's going to be great. Keep yeah, so we'll so keep you posted. But sure. definitely, definitely in the next coming weeks and months, the educational resources are going to be a big focus because women and their partners and their families are going to need to be able to access these things from their homes. 
And so we want to make this information as, you know, as easy to access and easy to digest and understand as possible. So um, that's what we're going to be focusing on. That's amazing. And I love that you said too the checklist of like walking in and handing that off. I think that's genius because so many of us will be, you know, sitting in our, you know, six week PP, you know, routine checkup. And they're like, oh, you feel this? Oh, you feel that? And you just kind of sit there like, uh, what's the right answer? Like, am I supposed to circle choice A or am I supposed to circle choice B, you know? So it's like, I love that it's like that you take that away from moms and that pressure and say, no, here's a form that you could actually hand to your doctor, explain how you're feeling, not have it just be some box you check and actually have it be real emotion. Right. Let's put it right. Let's put it back in mom's control. And also look, it it's really shitty that, that we have to be our own maternal mental health advocates, but we do. And so we felt like this document was a good way for a mom to help herself advocate when she doesn't have the words, you know, or she might be too embarrassed or ashamed to speak up or her doctor might not necessarily be trained in maternal mental health. And it's also something she could literally hand to a family member or her partner. If she doesn't know how to articulate or they don't understand what she's going through, they could just be like, you know what, here, I've checked off all the things I'm feeling. You can read this. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's what's necessary. So I I think that's incredible and like such a good, you know, point and resource and tip and everything else for moms, you know, to have. And hopefully that's something that we can get into the hands of like, you know, all moms, they all feel equipped when they are walking into these routine checkup appointments and, you know, or they're feeling a certain way at a certain point and they can hand it to a partner or someone that they trust, like you said, in a safe space. I think that that's such a huge piece is like finding that safe space for moms, however you need to do it. And I'm really um, excited to see the actual printout and also these amazing educational resources. Yeah, I'll send you, I'll send you a link to that too, if you want to include it. And I will, and I, I will, I would love to like leave everybody with two tips, which I need to listen to also. I need to take my own advice, but I, I have found myself saying to a lot of people lately that we really have to just take this one day at a time. So for me, right, not looking at like what it looks like three weeks from now or three months from now, but what can I do today? Like, what am I doing today to just, to just get through today? Like today, I know that I'm going to bake muffins and I'm going to do this with my son. What am I going to do today? And I think that that's been super helpful, just not thinking in terms of the big picture. And then the other thing I've been telling people a lot, and it's kind of funny, but for people who have anxiety, um, I said, my sister, she, you know, she has always had anxiety. And so I was with her, she was at the mom jeans panel and we named her and we gave her anxiety a name. We named her anxiety, Brenda. <laughs> and so now we've been telling people like, give your anxiety a name or get right, anxiety, which is another form of your inner critic. It lies to you. So give your, give your anxiety name. So now we'll say things. We'll be like, Brenda, shut the fuck up. You're a liar, Brenda. Right. <laughs> so like we've named our anxiety and it like has honestly made it easy to be like, all right, Sandy, like you need to just be quiet. I'm not listening to you. I love that. And I think it's just kind of helpful. Right. It's, it's almost like the, uh, like, like, like the trolls on social media will say, Harriet, it's like the same idea. I love it. Right. Awesome. Like, I think that's such great advice and brings some humor. Uh, exactly. Dark space and everything. Well, and I love that you just shared those tips. So I want to ask you, cause I try to ask this of my mom a lot. I don't always remember cause my pregnancy brain, but I do remember today <laughs> cause you said the, your own gems, but like right now, especially right now with what we're going through and everything, 
What is your rose, your bud, and your thorn today? Oh my God. Today, I think that, I think that my rose is, um, I think that my rose is honestly like seeing my son, like kind of entertain himself and just be happy in this situation today. Mm -hmm. Um, my bud I think is doing this podcast because it's kind of made me want to sit back down and lean into work a little bit more where I've kind of been feeling not into it. And my thorn, I'll be right there, buddy. One second. And you can hear my thorn right now, the constant, (laughs) right? The constant now, now, now this new normal that I'm still trying to navigate and and kind of, you know, dealing with the depression and anxiety that's coming from, like, how long is this going to last? Um, am I going to be doing this six months from now? And obviously, I need to take my advice and just think about today. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, and I think that's so honest and true. And yeah, I, I mean, I echo you. You know, my, my rose is definitely getting to see, you know, Amelia, um, you know, thrive and do so much of, you know, what she's doing and, and how she's really coming into her own little person being almost two and getting to experience that and being able to say to myself, I'm home with my husband, as weird as the situation is, and getting to enjoy being the three of us because it won't be the three of us very soon and trying to really uh, just be focused and intentional and enjoy that. Um, My bud is definitely, you know, the communication and everything that we shared and really feeling that, you know, community, even if you are social distancing right now, community is a real thing and it's so necessary. And my thorn is, you know, very much the same as yours, you know, mama, 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 pick me up. I need this. I need that. The constant, you know, needing and you feeling like you're screaming in your own head, like, oh my God, but I need something too. Uh, You know, it's, it's a real thing. So, you know, but I think that, you know, again, we're all feeling this in one way, shape or form. And I love that you said one day at a time, you know, that's all we can do and yeah, one day <laughs> and focus on today and your baking today sounds amazing. So right. I'm going to go bake. <laughs> I'm baking. I'm going to go bake more muffins, which is my cope, my coping with anxiety. Method. Sounds good to me. <laughs> why not? Hey, why not? I'm so sounds delicious. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being like so real and transparent. Thank you for motherhood understood and everything you're bringing to the table for mamas and moms to be. Tell us where, of course we can find you follow you, pimp yourself out. So you can find us at motherhood-understood.com. That's our website. And there you can find our resources on the Get Education page. You can sign up to be notified when our postpartum mental health planning service launches. And you can also access our story sharing hub where we share stories from women once a week. And you can also submit your own story. And um, Instagram is at motherhood understood, no dash. Um, same for Facebook, but we're usually typically only on Instagram as far as social media goes. And I will provide Allie with links for the show notes um, for the mother's manual and the checklists. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jen, for being on. Stay, stay well and stay sane. And until uh, next time, guys, cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks.